August 16. <clears throat> Father in heaven, thank you, Lord God, for healing us and <clears throat> being the Father of all lights. Thank you, Lord God, that your report says I am healed. <clears throat> your report says that we are healed. Your report says that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Your report says victory, Lord. And we claim victory today. Victory over, Lord God, over Satan and his works. We claim victory over sickness and disease because of what Jesus has died and done at the cross. We claim victory over poverty, lack, and debt, Lord. Hallelujah. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Lord, and we are walking epistles, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We are strong. We are rich through Christ Jesus. And Lord, we are healed. We are the church, Lord, the beneficiaries, Lord. And we thank you. You, you daily loads us with benefits, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that you are our master and all things are possible with our master. You are our Lord. You go before us and all things are possible with my Lord. And Lord, you are my Savior. All things are possible with my Savior. And you are my friend, Lord. You make a way where there's no way. All things are possible with my friend. I believe for, therefore I speak, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this reading. You've given us ears to hear and eyes to see. Open our hearts that we may enjoy your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please start reading, Anna? Let me read. I'll read. I'll read this one, huh? Last time you took off like a horse and then you ran into all those names, oh, baby. I saw it. I Okay, Nehemiah 11 through uh, chapter 12, verse 26. The leaders of the people were living in Jerusalem, the holy city. A tenth of the people from the other towns of Judah and Benjamin were chosen by sacred lot to live there too, while the rest stayed where they were. And the people commended everyone who volunteered to resettle in Jerusalem. Here's a list of the names of the provincial officials who came to live in Jerusalem. Most of the people, priests, Levites, temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servants, continued to live in their own homes in the various towns of Judah. But some of the people from Judah and Benjamin resettled in Jerusalem. From the tribe of Judah, Hathiah, son of Uzziah, son of Zechariah, son of Amariah, son of Shephatiah, son of Mahalalel, of the family of Perez. Also, Maseiah, son of Baruch, son of Kohose, son of Hazaiah, son of Adiah, son of Joiadib, son of Zechariah, of the family of Shelah. There were 468 descendants of Perez who live in Jerusalem, all outstanding men. From the tribe of Benjamin, Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Joed, son of Pedadiah, son of Koliah, son of Maseiah, son of Ethiel, son of Jeshaiah. After him were Gabai, son of Salai, and a total of 928 relatives. 
Their chief officer was Joah, son of Sikri, who was assisted by Judah, son of Hesenuah, second in command over the city. From the priest, Jediah, son of Joarib, Haking, and Sariah, son of Hikkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Sadok, son of Meroiot, son of Hatib, Hatob, the supervisor of the temple of God. Also, 822 of their associates who work at the temple. Also, Adaiah, son of Jeroham, son of Peliah, son of Amsi, son of Zechariah, son of Pashur, son of Malkiah, along with 242 of his associates who were heads of their families. Also, Amashai, son of Azariel, son of Asai, son of Meshilemoth, son of Emer, and 128 of his outstanding associates. Their chief officer was Zabdiel, son of Hagidolim. From the Levites, Shemaiah, son of Hashub, son of Azrikam, son of Hashabiah, son of Buni, also Shebatai, son of Josabad, who were in charge of the work outside the temple of God. Also Matanaiah, son of Micah, son of Zabdi, a descendant of Azab, who led in thanksgiving and prayer. Also Bukaya, who was Matanaiah's assistant. And Abda, son of Shamua, son of Galal, son of Jedutun, in all, they were 284 Levites in the holy city. From the gatekeepers, Akub, Telman, and 172 of their associates who were guarded the gates. The other priests, Levites, and the rest of Israelites lived where their families. Inheritance was located in any of the towns of Judah. The temple servants, however, those leaders were Siha and Gishhapa, excuse me, Gishpa. All lived at the hill of Ophel. Ophel. The chief officers of Levites in Jerusalem were Uzi, son of Bani, son of Hashabiah, son of Mataniah, son of Micah, a descendant of Azap, whose family served as singers at God's temple. Their daily responsibilities were carried out according to the terms of a royal command. Petahiah, son of Mesh. Shezabel, a descendant of Zerah, son of Judah, was the royal advisor in all matters in public administration. As for the surrounding villages with their open fields, some of the people of Judah lived in Kiriat Arba with its settlements, Dibon with its settlements, and Jacob Zeal with its villages. They also lived in Jeshua. Molada, Bet, Pelet, Hazar, Shaua, Beersheba with its settlements, Ziklag, and Mekona with its settlements. They also lived in Enrimon, Zora, Jarmuth, Jonah, Sanoa, and Adulam with their surrounding villages. They also lived in Lashish with its nearby fields and Azika with its surrounding villages. So the people of Judah were living all the way from Beersheba in the south to the valley of Hinnom.
Some of the people of Benjamin lived at Giva, Michmash, Aia, and Bethel with its settlements. They also lived in Anathoth, Nob, Ananiah, Hazor, Ramah, Gitaim, Hadid, Zeboim, Nebalat, Lad, Ono, and the Valley of Crestman. Some of these Levites who lived in Judah were sent to live with the tribe of Benjamin. Here is the list of priests and Levites who returned with Zerubbabel, son of Sheatiel, and Jeshua, the high priest. Seraiah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Maluk, Hatush, Shekaniah, Harim, Meremah, Edo, Gineathon, Abijah, Miniamin, Moadiah, Bilga, Shemaiah, Joyarib, Jediah, Salu, Amak, Hilkiah, and Jediah. These were the leaders of the priests and their associates in the day of Jeshua. The Levites who returned with them were Jeshua, Binui, Cadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, and Mataniah, who with his associates were in charge of the songs of thanksgiving. Their associates, Bakbukaya and Unni, stood opposite during the service. Jeshua, the high priest, was the father of Joachim. Joachim was the father of Eliashib. Eliashib was the father of Joiada. Joiada was the father of Johanan. Johanan was the father of Jadua. Now, when Joachim was high priest, the family leaders of the priests were as follows. Meriah was the leader of the family of Seraiah. Hananiah was the leader of the family of Jeremiah. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Ezra. Jehonan was the leader of the family of Amariah. Jonathan was the leader of the family of Maluk. Joseph was the leader of the family of Shekaniah. Adna was the leader of the family of Harim. Hekiah was the leader of the family of Merimoth. Zechariah was the leader of the family of Edo. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Jeneltan. Sikri was the family of Abijah. There was also a leader in the family of Miniamim. Piltiah was the leader of the family of Moadiah. Shamua was the leader in the family of Bilgag. Jehonatan was the leader of the family of Shemaiah. Mataniah was the leader of the family of Joiarib. Uzi was the father, was the leader of the family of Jediah. Kalai was the leader of the family of Salu. Eber was the leader of the family of Amak. Ashabiah was the leader of the family of Hilkiah. Netanel was the leader of the family of Jediah. A record of the Levite family was kept during the years when Elashib, Joaida, Johanan, and Jadua served as high priests. Another record of the priests was kept during the reign of Darius or the Persian. A record of the heads of the Levite families were kept in the Book of History down to the days of Johanan, the grandson of Eliashib. These were the family leaders of the Levites. Hashabiah, Sherebiah, Jeshua, Binun, 
Cadmiel, and other associates who stood opposite them during the ceremonies of praise and thanksgiving, one section responding to the other as commanded by David, the man of God. This included Mataniah, Bakbukaya, and Obadiah, Meshulam, Talmon, and Akub were the gatekeepers in charge of the storerooms in the gates. These all served in the days of Joachim, son of Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, and in the days of Nehemiah, the governor, and of Ezra, the priest and scribe. Amen. Oh, congratulations, you made it. Woo! Um, a lot. Do you think um, the records, they, we read these over and over again, mm -hmm. maybe three, four, six times. <laughs> yeah. The same names and the same scenario. Mm -hmm. I know, you know. Yes. You talk about keeping good records, I, huh? I was, at first I'm like, here we're reading this again. I'm like, Lord, what is in here? What does this mean? You know, I was like, why and, am I reading? <laughs> you know, it's really nice when it says they were able men and they were all outstanding men. And I thought, you know, about my boys, how I need to believe that they're all outstanding men, mm -hmm. craftsmen. You know, just believe that mm -hmm. and give them an anointing. Mm. You know, um, and then I, you know, and then it came to my mind. I was reading how much Jewish people had done so much great things in the world to invent yeah. things and business and yeah. commerce right. and everywhere they go. And it's because they rest, they rest and they eat properly. Uh, the temple of the Holy Ghost. They rest on Saturday, you know, they kick back and they, they get ideas and God's counsel on Saturday. Honor God. I'll take a whole day. It just, um, so it just, as I was listening. Very impressive that, nation. That the, there's the leadership and order and responsibilities to carry out and all their, all of them are a part of that, you know. So. Um, and I like to be known like King David. The man of God. <laughs> As ordered by King David, the yeah. man of God. Let me read the study just so we'll see if it gives me more insight. The exiles who returned were few in number compared to Jerusalem's earlier population of the days of the kings. So the city seemed sparsely populated. Nehemiah asked one-tenth of the people from the outlying areas to move inside the city walls to keep large areas of the city from being vacant. Wow, that's interesting. Apparently, these people did not want to move into the city. Only a few people volunteered. So Nehemiah determined by sacred lot who else would have to move. Despite their misgivings, the people submitted their personal preferences to God's will as discerned by sacred lot. The people were moved to obey God and to work for the good of God's people, represented by Jerusalem. They lived by faith and moved from the outlying areas into the city of Jerusalem. Such circumstances seem foreign to us today. We can't imagine a scenario where we would repopulate a city, but the dynamics that were at work in Nehemiah's day can be instructive to us today. We too must regularly choose to submit to God's will when he chooses us, and we must regularly surrender our own preferences to promote the good of others. Wow, amazing. Well, at least the people... You know, once the lot took place, they submitted to that as being God's will. Amen.
Okay, 1 Corinthians 10, 14-33. So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You, Corinthians, are reasonable people. Decide for yourselves if what I, Paul, am saying is true. When we bless the cup... Oh, yes, let's get into communion here. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? Wow. And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. What? Do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we're stronger than he is? You say, I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to eat, if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is to the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? If I can, if I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? Wow, amen. That's what we're supposed to thank God for our food. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. Or, or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what's best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Would you go ahead and read the um, study one, please? Yeah. It says that. The idea of unity and fellowship with God through eating a sacrifice was strong in Judaism and Christianity as well as paganism. In the Old Testament days when a Jew offered a sacrifice, he ate a part of that sacrifice as a way of restoring his unity with God against whom he had sinned. Deuteronomy 12, 17-18. To us today, this idea of being united with God by eating a sacrifice seems foreign and strange. But the Christian tradition still has a symbolic meal. When, when Christians take communion, they participate in Christ's once and for all sacrifice. The bread we eat and the cup we drink symbolizes his body and blood. We eat and drink to remember him and identify ourselves with him. Paul takes a step further for him. This tradition also unites us with each other 
because we are united with Christ. We are also united with fellow believers. Thus, we should try to live. We should live to honor that unity by showing reverence to, for others, by looking out for their best interests, and by putting their needs ahead of our own. Next time you eat the bread and drink the cup, think of the unity it represents with Christ and others. Amen. Amen. You know, um, it's so so wonderful to see how Paul explains the body of Christ. You know that. Uh, you know, when we bless the cup of the Lord's table, which is wine, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? Wonderful. You know, or when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifice of the altar? You know, uh... Just for the fact that the, the, just sticking, just on the teaching of the blessing the, the cup among believers, blessing a glass of water among believers, or the time among the believers, you know, the time, because there's water in the mist, moisture in the air, you can bless the time, uh, and we all commune in the presence of the Lord as we do that, you know participate in his and there's healing in there there's restoration there's guidance there's hope and trust is distributed you know hope and trust mm -hmm. is distributed in the uh, in the elements I'm so grateful yeah. to Jesus for doing this for us that we can come and all of us are not have something to put in of interest and enthusiasm and we all have something to, to add into the program. You know, um, yeah, it's just interesting how he says, um, you, cannot, you cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. This is what, do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we're stronger than he is? And he says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything's good for you. But, uh, and you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial, right? So don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Hmm. Yeah, at that time, a lot of pagan practices were still being infiltrated into the church. Mm -hmm. You know, and... And you know how easily those people takes years for them to leave those alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the common practice, as soon as they see that, they'll bring eat meat and make try to mix it together. Uh -huh. And when you have a potluck, for instance, you have a potluck. You got mix. You don't have all Jewish. We have Gentiles in there. They want to bless the people, you know. So they 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 take it home and bless the meat in a separate way, and then bring it to the gathering. That wouldn't be so right. So were they trying to still maintain the the way they used to do it, the offerings, the sacrifices of the old, knowing that now Christ was... Well, they, they had to reconstruct, uh, you know, the, the uh, teach the new people, Jewish people me meshing with Gentiles. Mm, okay. You know, going, you know, they are getting born again. It takes a while to, you get born again, your spirit's born again, but your habit of... of Killing your, you know, your idol, 
mm-hmm. has to be shut down. Hmm. But anyway, that's not the main main point for us. Is right now is that we we get purified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The love of God is is spread throughout the body as we participate. The miracle happens. We're changed transform into the image of God and sanctify when we come together in unison sharing the body of Jesus not to mention healing, prosperity joy, laughter a sense of belonging it's what happens when we take participate in the blood of Christ, he's done so much for us he's put it all together very easy package that way. amen so uh, Pray for God's people. Pray that this psalm would become more and more of a reality in their lives. Psalm 34, 11, 22. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Amen. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely overtake the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. In Proverbs 21, 14 to 16, a secret gift calms anger. A bribe under the table pacifies fury. Justice is a joy to the godly, but it terrifies evildoers. The person who strays from common sense will end up in the company of the dead. Wow. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for today's reading. We bless it. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for Good night, Anna. <laughs> reading of John chapter 14. the truth and the life let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? 
Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world give do I, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing on me. But 
that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Rise, let us go from here. Chapter 15, The True Vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than to this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I ever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my words, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my namesake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done any done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, 
the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he is offered God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask, where are you going? But because you said these things to you, I said them, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of the world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I go to the Father? They said, therefore, what is this that he says, a little while? We do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourself about what I said? A little while, and you will not see me, and again, a little while, and you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her house has come, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Unless you have asked nothing in my name until now, Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, 
But the time is coming when I no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from forth from God. I came forth from the high from the Father and have come into the world. Again I leave this world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. We are now sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus prays for himself. John 17. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son and your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have mentioned to your name, to the man whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all of mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. 
Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. As for their sake, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Jesus prays for all believers. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now a reading from the book of 1 John, chapter 1. What was heard and seen and touched. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. All these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Chapter 2 my little children, these things I write to you, that you may not sin, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the appropriation of our sins, and not for ours only, but for all the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, 
Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no commandment to you, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which which things is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the devil, the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, lest none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is a Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised to us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teaches you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him 
that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world knows not us, because it did not know him. Chapter 3 Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed that we, what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin and, com- and also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And if you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there's no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, but his seed remain in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. And this is the children of God, and the children of the devil are manifested. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain who who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you will know that no murderer has eternal life abundant, abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has his world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is a commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments.
the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in this world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know that the spirit of truth and the, and the spirit of error Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the appropriation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Seeing God through love. No one has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son or a savior of the world whoever confesses that jesus is the son of god god abides in him and he in god and we have known and believe the love that god has for us god is love and he who abides in love abides in god and God in him. The commandment of love. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. By this, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love, We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, but he is a liar, for he who does not love his brother whom he has not seen, as he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And and this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Chapter 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also 
loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who also believes that Jesus is the Son of God? A certain, the certainty of God's witness. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit of truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who abides in the Son of God has a witness to himself. He who does not believe God has been made a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given uh, of us, of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have spoken to you, to to your who believe in the name. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have been, you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If anyone sees a brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life. For those who commit the sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. Knowing the true rejection the false. Knowing the true and rejecting the false. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the world, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come into and has given us eternal understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in Christ who is true, and his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Let me go ahead and read that again, number 20. 
And we know that the Son of God has come, and He has given us an understanding, that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, and in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Amen and amen. Glorify the Father in this reading that has given thanks for His pure joy. Thank you. Quiet meditation. Let's pray the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Seven step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me. Good and bad, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. The Serenity Prayer God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Our meditation for this morning is we begin with relaxing, taking deep breaths, and enjoying the process. Let us thank God for our ears and, and our eyes. He's given us a brain to use. God has given us common sense, a heart of love, and and the best part is we ABCs see. We seek the Lord. We sought God. The love and the happiness is in the work, is in the seeking. And that's our privilege today of being understanding, patient, and kind. Let's go ahead and stretch ourselves and relax. Put yourself in a position where you're going to take in information. You're going to take in familiar words from the big book. And they're going to relax our minds and our souls and reinstate us into the now. We're going to be led to quiet streams and be restored our souls. So we clean house with the family, praying in the morning, asking members to join us in meditation. And we begin with the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's do a breathing session. Please fill your lungs all the way up. And let it all smoothly. Fill your lungs. Let it all slowly. You can say thank you, higher power. Take in God. Breathe in the goodness of God. Hold it. Let it go into your pores, into your bloodstream. And then let go of all the disappointment, all the despair, loneliness. Breathe in the goodness of God. Breathe out loneliness. Breathe in thankfulness to God. Breathe out thankfulness for loneliness. Breathe in solitude with God. Breathe out loneliness. Breathe in solitude with your higher power. So we clean house in our bodies each morning in meditation. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. For we know the answers will come if we ask. God will give us what we need. Remember when Bill and Bob first got sober and and Mrs. Smith's wife was the one who insisted on quiet meditation in the morning. If Bill and Bob had their way, they would have been out the door saving drugs. And then she insisted that they take some quiet times in the morning. She emphasized the most important thing. And Dr. Bob later wrote in his book that this was one of the very good things that made all things proper. First things first, being God. So we'll ask you to get comfortable again. Remember, inspiration comes to us slowly and quietly. Prime it with a little solitude. That's the beauty of being lonely, because if you start breathing in and thanking God for the loneliness, God turns it into solitude. And that's the pump that primes the pump 
or inspiration from God. God can turn any problem into solitude. We thank God for the problems. Thank God for a headache. Thank God for a runaway child. Move into solitude. In the now with God. Breathe in. And breathe out. Start moving your toes. Count your benefits. You can move your toes. Thank God that your toes are movable. Thank God you can move your ankles. Thank God for your 32 muscles and bones on your toes and your feet. Thank God for your second heart that's in your ankles. Thank God for movement, for we are made like a self-winding watch. The more we move, the more our body ticks, 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 ticks properly. Relax, take in the breath, let it go easily. Relax, take in the breath, deeply, let it go gently. Thank God for your thighs, thank God for your skin, thank God for your knees, thank God for your blood vessels, thank God for the oxygen in the blood, thank God for the immune system, Thank God for your warning system in your body. Any pain? Breathe in. And breathe out. Thank God for the warmth that's going into the bottom of your souls. Thank you, God, for his presence that's going into your soul. Through your bottom of your soul. Souls, soul going in through your soul, going up your legs. Feel that warmth in your feet. That's because we acknowledge every atom in our feet and we thank God for it. We say we we love you, we appreciate you, every cell of our body, everything that we're made of, we're thankful for it. We switch the light on grateful for you. We thank you for all the service that you do. Go thank God for your thighs. Thank God for your back, your hips. Thank God for your reproductive system. Thank God for your ability to have bowel movements. Happiness is a good valve movement. I heard somewhere in a truck driver's lounge. Take a deep breath. Let out the loneliness. Take a deep breath. Solitude with God. Thank God for your lungs. Thank God for your stomach. Thank God for your liver, your pancreas. 
Thank God for your kidneys. Thank you, God. Thank God for your heart. Thank God for your heart. Take a deep breath. You should be yawning by now. Put yourself in a gentle position to receive from God. Thank God for your eyes and your ears and your nose. Thank God for the hair. Thank God for your brain. Thank God for the cholesterol in your brain. Thank God for all the glands in your eyes and your brain. Thank God for the purity of your immune system, how it purifies your body, produces its own peroxide, helps you heal, restore, make brand new. Give thanks to, to your higher power for your bones. Thank God, thank your God for your blessings. For four million, six million cells every few seconds are created. Thank God for the remarkable and wonderful life-giving system we have. Thank God for your shoulders, the skeletons. Thank God for your vertebrae and the ability to move your neck around. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in Breathe out. We feel the presence of God. He, he may direct our thinking. Take it away from self-pity or dishonest, self-seeking motives. That our thinking may be on a much higher plane. After all, God gave us brains to use. He granted us intuitive that we may move through the day, each day, every step along the way, we be guided, that we ask God's counsel, we ask God to, to bless our actions. We ask God for his presence in this day, that we may go forward to see for the man who still suffers, to help the person it's in need of a smile, a high five, a recognition, a human touch. I sought God, but he eluded me. I sought myself, but it, that eluded me too. I sought my brother and I found all three. Thank God for his will and his purpose, and we relax and stay in solitude. Thank you for coming to today's meditation and relaxation. Come back, you hear?